This is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are entering into the last days of Lent, and in our next times together, I will be pausing to look at the last six statements, words spoken by Christ from the cross. It's really a very profound series of statements, verses, of course, found in the scripture now, and how they happened, where they happened, what great minds think about the nuances regarding um, each of these statements. And they, to me, are very, very significant. We have been talking about the week of weeks for many weeks now, and on our website, which sings and dances and has lots of resources. And I'm going to remind you that if you have not subscribed, please subscribe. It helps our metrics, whatever that really truly means. But we'd appreciate it if you listen to us at all or with any regularity that you would subscribe to Modern Homemakers. But on our website, you will find a free resource with the title Week of Weeks. And it gives you passages to read in the Synoptic Gospels and the Passion Gospel of John that have to do with these last days. What happened on the first day, which is Palm Sunday, and second day, and the third day, and the fourth day, and the sixth, fifth, and sixth, straight through to Resurrection Sunday. So today we're going to look at Luke chapter 23. And it is the second statement from the cross. Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The older I get, the more I like small words, like with. I was telling the story of my grandson who looked up at me just three years old, wanting to go in the sand and do something, but he didn't want to do it alone. And he said the very sweetest words, come go with me, Nana. A very powerful set of words. Do you say that to someone? Come go with me. Christ is asking us to come go with him. Come go with me. And in this statement, he uses that word, with phrase with me in paradise. Manley Hop Hopkins, Gerard Manley Hopkins, who was a poet who published a lot of things and many of them after his death. He died at age 49. Some of them were not published till after 30 years following. He said, let him, Christ, Easter in us be a day spring to the dimness in us. That was a wonderful phrase to me, that he might Easter in me. Actually, Easter is a nautical term. It is the steering of a craft toward the east and into the light. 
And this is the time that we steer ourselves, our craft, into the light of the world, which is Christ. And during these days set apart, not only in Lent, but in this last week, this week of weeks, as I call it, we have an opportunity to change, to set a different pattern, to start a new practice. And we are all traveling toward the light. Manly reminds us of God's majesty and reminds us to think of his suffering. When we find some comprehension, just a modicum of comprehension of his sacrifice and suffering, we will see truly another glimpse of his majesty. So I want to talk about the salvation, transformation, surrender process. Because as I think about this, what's happening here in this full passage, and I'm going to read the full passage in a second as we set the scene, okay? But I want you to concentrate on those words. Some of you use the word salvation. I was saved, born again. Some of you use a word called transformation or even reformation. But I have learned as I've aged that for me, I've had many surrenders. The first surrender was when I was eight years old and my mother took me to a Billy Crusade, Billy Graham Crusade. Still can't believe it. Having lost Luis Palau this last week, I recognized so deeply of what the work of an evangelist. Um, I was delighted to be a part of it and I hope to do a little memorial on his life in a few days. But Luis and Billy were men who tromped the globe trying to encourage people to surrender, to have a transformation or a reformation. The second time I remember my surrender was when I was 16 years old and it happened in the basement of my church. But you know, each day I face a new surrender. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation, the scripture says. So what is the day of salvation look like for you in your life, for me in my life, every day. It is about the changes of every day. It's about the surrender and what it takes to surrender to bring about change. It's my story of a few days ago of a woman who thought she would be integrous by this age. And she certainly knew, even she knew that she wasn't. What do you think? That if you just add another day of life doing the same thing, then you're going to be a different person. My husband loves this saying by Will Rogers. Everyone is in favor of progress, but no one likes change. (laughs) I love that, and I understand why he loves that. So let me set the scene to this statement um, that Jesus makes from the cross, and I'm going to read a few verses to you. This passage is very familiar. We've all had some picture in our mind, the Passion of the Christ movie, the Chosen series, which some of you may have seen recently, of what that looked like the day that Christ was crucified. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him, Christ, and saying, are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us too. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing. Then he, that criminal, said, Jesus, remember me 
when you come into your kingdom. In that moment, that criminal had a surrender. He, he went from the criminal. The reason why he was being hung on that cross was he had done something wrong. The least thing he could have done was stolen something, sort of Jean Valjean stealing a loaf of bread. He could have done that smallest thing, or he could have done many more things, but he was still being crucified. He was a criminal, and these two criminals hanging on either side of Christ, one of them does not recognize Christ as the Messiah. The other one, in his last moments of life, realizes that his life can be redeemed. And he says, Jesus, Jesus, Messiah, Savior. And Jesus replies to him, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. I remember that phrase being so powerful to me a few Lentons ago, eight or nine, 10, 12, I don't know exactly when, but I thought, "Ah, today I am with God in paradise. Because each day in my life, since I made these surrenders and continue to make these surrenders, I live my life with Christ. So the kingdom of God began in me when I was eight years old and made my first surrender. The kingdom of God is not the kingdom of God that I'm going to. The kingdom of God is the kingdom that lives within me, which is Jesus Christ, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The name of Jesus, and let me set the scene of what's going on in this community, is known all over the city. There are 250,000 people who live in Jerusalem at the time. The population has taken sides with little knowledge of the plan of God. And a friend of mine said many years ago, you know, Donna, you and David know and have more doctrine than the Apostle Paul did. And we looked at him stunned by that remark. But it was true. We have the whole canon. We Paul did not have all of that. We have talked in this community in Jerusalem about what's been going on. You know how talk is. We've just been through a very nasty political campaign. You saw the talk, the talk that takes sides. He had been talked about, paraded. He had been chosen to die over the murderer, Barabbas. Chosen to die over the murderer. The criminals, at least one of them on either side of him, um, understands what is going on. Now, I've made several trips to the Holy Land, and when I speak of this material, I always think of the pictures that we see in the films, and it looks like a very big place, a vast place. It is not. It's like a, a school lot, a schoolyard, a lot, and the crosses are quite close to each other. There's a lot of noise shouting and jeering and soldiers and crying and wailing and looky sees you know the folks who chase fire trucks when they hear a fire truck coming what's going on they want to know the gamblers who are tossing dice for jesus's garments and the bystanders the bystanders who are watching around we talked about some of them the last time we were together where are the other mothers Are they watching their sons be brutally crucified? We have some record of where the disciples are. Seems that most of them cut bait and disappeared. So here in this small space with three crosses and lots of noise and people on the periphery, we see four people standing at the cross hearing Jesus say these words. Mary, the mother, 
still yielding herself to having given birth to the Son of God, and now to watch him be crucified. The criminals are talking to one another, and Jesus is being crucified, and yet he is doing something that never stops changing me and rearranging me. I never stop being mesmerized by. And here in this scene, it seems more blatant. He's being crucified. Do I have to say that again? You've seen what the beatings look like. You know what the scripture says about what's going on to him. And yet it says that he is listening. He is aware of these two criminals and he is listening. Of all the loud noises and of all the screaming and the crying and all the soldiers and the jeering and the mocking, Jesus hears the voice of this criminal. He is always aware of what you are doing and he is always listening. Are you listening and prepared to respond to him? We have already heard him say, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. He is heard and he is speaking to the father when he says this and now he says to this criminal remember me the criminal says when you get to your kingdom he knows that this is god he knows this is messiah he knows that there's a kingdom to come the criminal sees and knows and he doesn't say where is the kingdom of god he doesn't ask any of those questions he says remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. In the ruckus and confusion and noise and excruciating pain, he still responds. And I want you to hear me when I say, using Jesus' own words, today you can be with me in paradise. Today. Jim Elliott, who's been gone 60-plus years, and I understand there's been a recent ruckus about a plaque at Wheaton College being changed because of the language. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. If it in any way defames the lives that those five men gave on behalf of Christ and the tribes in Ecuador. But Jim Elliott has said, wherever you are, be all there. Don't just be there. Wherever you are, be all there. Jim Elliott certainly understood how Christ lived his life. And here he's doing it. He is all there in the middle of the crucifixion. He is the light. And he calls us to be the light. He calls us to be light to all of those that we have influence over in our culture. These are things that we need to think about and understand. Are we listeners? An unknown author who wrote in the 1300s, words are where we always start. Reflect, ponder, think, and pray. Words are so often where we always start. But we see Christ here giving us this example of being aware and listening and paying attention. And on our website, I have a wonderful list of 10 things to increase your listening. I think the title of it is Sacred Listening. And soon, very soon, we're going to have much deeper archives of these shows for those of you who have written and said, I've binged and I've listened to them all. Where do I get some more? Well, you, there may be more than you ever dreamt of, but we are going to soon post some more. He said today, not tomorrow, 
not when he gets around to it, not when he has time, but he said, today, truly I tell you that today you will be with me in paradise. I never can read this statement and talk about this without saying to myself, what is there, Donna, today that I can do that I can respond to Christ in. What is God saying to me, asking me to just surrender? And just this morning, in my very early hours, I heard the Lord asking me to just surrender something. Frankly, I don't want to surrender. I sort of like holding on to it. It gives me a little, I don't know, vindication, I think is the word. But I heard him sweetly say, no, today, Don't wait any longer. Take care of it today. And I want you to know that I did, and I'm going to stay with that yes that I made this morning. Perhaps you have something you've been holding on to. Perhaps you've been thinking, soon and very soon, I will engage again with God's word or engage with God's people, or maybe even engage in a congregation of people which we are soon going to be able to worship together again. And maybe in your community or the church you belong to this Easter, this week of weeks, there'll be a service or two that you can attend and say yes to Jesus Christ. If you've never said yes to Christ, if you're 8 or 16 or 80, today is a good day to say yes. So you can hear him say, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. For living with Christ is living in paradise. I'm Donna Otto. This is Modern Homemakers. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of saying yes to Christ.